Sylvie made it up. It's a blowjob thing. What do you mean? After he gets a blowjob, he likes to have it spit back into his mouth while kissing. It's called snowballing. He requests this? He gets off on it. Sylvie can be talked into anything. Why do you say that? Well, like you said, she snowballed. Sylvie? No, I, I snowballed. Yeah, right. In the bag. That was the 90s, but they bleeped it, unfortunately. Welcome. This is the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. This is a safe space, a fun space, and I thought I would liven it up by just playing some clips for you. The first is Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice and the Hood. That's Toothpick talking about getting fucked in the shower. Oh, well, you know. It reminds me of something that was in the news. But anyway, we won't go there. The second was Friday. The Jehovah's Witness theme, uh, scene. I, I should know because last night they put a, a little pamphlet on my... Uh, or not the other night. They put a pamphlet on my car. And I thought, oh, goodness. And then, of course, Hulk Fiction. Yeah. And Clerks. This is This is the 90s. This is when you made an independent film and it was amazing. Out of those films that I just played for you, Pulp Fiction is the only one to win an Academy Award. Clerks should have been nominated, especially for that snowballing scene. <laughs> and if you don't think so, stay tuned for the rest of the show. Dr. Zeus film podcast coming up in a few fucking minutes. <laughs> Let's have a little fun with that copyright 1996 Lil Kim. I know that lyric by heart when she says, I, get, I made my intro getting fucked in the pinto. What's happening? It's the Dr. Seuss film podcast. <laughs> Little oh, little Kim's first film. I think it was "She's All That." This is before she had all that plastic surgery. <laughs> We're gonna go there tonight. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be lively. My favorite little Kim lyric, where she says, "Some bitches do and some bitches don't." Why the wash shit? No, I won't. You come too fast for me. A waste of a good dick, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, the rest of it, I kind of you know, edited out myself. The 90s. The 90s were a very Chris Rock kind of time. You had film. You had. I, I, I once got smacked in the head, true story, in high school, among other things. 
This dude was calling me all kinds of names. And I told him, man, why don't you go get your salad toss? Big mistake. He said, what, motherfucker? I guess he really did. Usually when someone smacks you in the head, that means they do like getting their salad tossed. He smacks me in the head. And I picked up a chair to just barricade myself. He took the chair to the vice principal for as evidence. <laughs> and the vice principal, all he said to me was, next time, watch your mouth. Don't be telling people to get their salad tossed. Okay. It was a fun time. Thank you, Chris Rock, for teaching me the importance of telling people to go get their salad tossed. My head didn't hurt too much. I remember later the dude approached me. He dropped out of high school. I guess it was the getting the salad toss. And he approached me and he's chewing tobacco. He's like, hey, man, what's your skull made out of? That's what you're talking about. You hurt my hand. It's still fucked up. I said, well, you shouldn't have hit me then. He says, you shouldn't have told me to get my salad toss. And all the while I'm thinking, yeah, because you probably do get your salad toss. And that's why you reacted. <laughs> Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Film, music, humor. It's time to liven it up. This is March. Shit is getting crazy. I am taking a page from Shit Happens When You Party Naked because Jason always livens it up. Okay? Smoking that cigar. You know, talking about films. Talking about everything in between. Yeah. For me, the 90s, that... I don't go back and think, oh, high school is so great, Tiffany. High school sucked. It sucked. To this day, I can actually watch Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. And that feels like going to my own reunion because I didn't go. So I can watch that and live vicariously through them. I want to give a shout out to Josh. We went to high school together. He invited me to the 10-year reunion and I declined. Um, And I once said to Josh through a message, I said, you know, it's like... Uh, Sandy Fink, Sandy Frank, remember in, in uh, Romy and Michelle's high school reunion where uh, Michelle says, you must be like the most successful person of our graduating class. And he is. And he is. So I'll give him that. I'll give him that. And that's the beauty of Facebook and Instagram is you don't really have to go to the reunion because I've basically traced most of the people out of curiosity and it's like, oh, that one. Oh, Lord. Too many McNuggets. But anyway, yeah. Sometimes looking back briefly is interesting. But I love to look back at the movies. I was having a really good conversation on the way back from the Buddy Guy concert with a friend of mine. She's never seen Pulp Fiction. And I said, well, if you decide to watch it, don't have a pizza because it is very bloody. And also, I've, I was talking about it because my late professor, Stanislav Perkner, who was a world-class professor, loved film, um, was a, a great boss. I mean, I mean, you know, he's been gone for almost three years. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. What he would make of this whole conflict going on right now, I mean, he would obviously say Putin is crazy. He himself escaped... Czechoslovakia because it just it got too dangerous in the 1990s and he and I would talk about film we would just talk about it and I knew he loved Pulp Fiction 
And he told me, he says, I said, why did you, I asked him, I said, why did you like Pulp Fiction? He said, because in 1994, nobody was talking like that. And he was right. It was the dialogue. In fact, that's what won Quentin Tarantino his Oscar. Of course, he shared it with, um, what was his name? Oh, here we go. Roger Avery. Was it Roger Avery? Yeah. Yeah. Pulp Fiction. You know what's interesting is when, if you watch it now, I remember watching it and then later watching Mad TV and thinking, wait a minute, the guy they shot accidentally in the backseat is on Mad TV. So a lot of the cast of Mad TV is in Pulp Fiction. They even did um, a parody called Gump Fiction. It was hilarious. We're going to get to Pulp Fiction, but I want to play Gump Fiction. Oh, my God. This shit was on the real. This is when this is when Saturday Night Live was getting really stale. And it really, you know, Farley had left. Spade had left. All the greats had left. And it's like, and even Mike Myers. And here we go. picture event of a lifetime. Hello. My name is Forrest. Forrest Gov. Do you want a chocolate? I could eat about a million of these. How about you? Excuse me, I asked you a question. Look, I'm diabetic, all right? I don't want any of your damn chocolates. What are you, stupid or something? Mom always says... Stupid is as stupid does. Gump fiction. The film critics are calling violently heartwarming. I do believe my husband, your boss, told you to take me out and do whatever I wanted. Okay. Okay. You know what they call shrimp in France? Quarter pounder with chase. No. A royale with chase. No. Quarter pounder Royale with Chase. No. Vallejo Shrimp Royale. No. Shrimp McNugget Royale. No. Hamburger Royale with Shrimp. No. How many guys we got for? Two up on that grassy hill and, and one up here in this building. Come on, boy. Let's get in the character. A rich palette of contemporary American morphing, as well as a lot of presidents getting shot. Oh, I was aiming for Jackie. Run, Forrest, run! You're soon gonna be a woman. Sodomy is as sodomy does. Gump, me gimp, gimp, gump. I am not a gimp. At least I would be if you'd let me die in name. Lieutenant Dan, Lieutenant Dan, it's me, Florence. Tom Hanks, Samuel L. Jackson, Double Shrimp Chase, Place with Chase, Uma Thurman, John F. Kennedy. Lee Harvey Oswald, Gary Sinise, and Phil Lamar. Not again! Die, you sweet! 
just me, but I believe we're gonna have to get medieval on your buttocks. This summer, you won't know the gump until you see the fiction. Life is like a box of chocolates. You open it up. Most times, someone has taken a bite out of each and every one. That's when I gotta get out my 45 and blow their heads off. <laughs> Bill Lamar. Yep, it was in Pulp Fiction and in Mad TV. Mad. Even Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin has her old face. In uh, Pulp Fiction. In fact, now that we're on the subject of Miss Griffin, who I think is an amazing comedian. Controversy, 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 controversy. Bruce Willis is in Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction is like a train robbery of, of stories. Oh, here we go. Here we go. This is when he gets in the car wreck. that's definitely low budget 90s and it was the arrival of Tarantino yes Reservoir Dogs but Pulp Fiction really fucked people around okay it fucked people around it even fucked Clint Eastwood around and it was a new arrival of filmmaking and this this I this is um I have a clip here of Clint Eastwood talking about Pulp Fiction 
this new arrival of filmmaking. And I'm waiting for these stupid commercials too. And here we go. Here it is. The 90s. Everybody who was bringing all the pictures to Cannes uh, didn't know anything about any of them because we had to see 22 pictures in uh, 10 days. And so you just heard the word, but, but we purposely, everybody purposely stayed away from hearing what was somebody thought was good or bad. And people were sort of afraid to make assumptions at that time. They, they just, uh, so nobody said much of anything. So we were watching a lot of shows, some of them great, some of them good, some of them not so good. You know, after that time, you start learning what it's like to be a film critic and, and have to sit through film after film after film and, and then try to find something redeeming about something that maybe isn't, uh, doesn't have much redeeming, but they choose a lot of different films. Some of them is exciting, some of them is like watching paint dry. Some of them were comedies. There was a wide variety of films that year. And, and I was zeroing in in my mind on a couple that I thought were really interesting. Uh, and then when Pulp Fiction came along, I think it was the next to the last day they uh, ran it there. And uh, it was, and I, we sat there and watched it, and it was sort of drew everybody in pretty well. And then it was, I, I was amazed it was the European guys on the jury that really. Start jumping, they turn around, a couple of them turn around and said, That's the best picture, that's the picture of this festival. And I and I didn't jump, I was kind of still weighing things in my mind, but I said, Yeah, boy, it's, it's definitely interesting. And uh, it was exciting, and it, was, it came at a time we needed a little excitement too. It came right after a couple that were uh, lulling there. Uh, so it, uh, it, was, uh, it was refreshing, and then, and then everybody started talking about it, and we went back and and looked at a couple more films, and then uh, when they got into the jury room, everyone was uh, kind of unanimous that that would be the, uh, the picture. And so that's Clint Eastwood talking about Pulp Fiction's premiere at the Con- at Cannes Film Festival in 1994. But we wouldn't have Pulp Fiction if it wasn't for Quentin Tarantino. The, uh, I wouldn't say film noir, but the, the pulp genre, all right, that was represented in the case of magazines like Black Mask, where you had Raymond Chandler or Dashiell Hammett writing them. And so I thought the idea in the case of Pulp Fiction that would be kind of cool is to take three separate stories and, uh, and, and make them be the oldest stories in the book, you know, whether it be uh, um, uh, Vincent's character, the, the hoodlum, has to go out with the boss's lady, but don't touch her. And there's a whole history of people who have touched her and what happened. Well, we've seen that before, a zillion times. All right. Um, and um, in the case of uh, the Bruce Willis story, that's that's the boxer supposed to throw the fight and he doesn't. And now the mob's after him. We've seen that story a million times before. And one of the things I thought about, like, the third story uh, was basically kind of the beginning of, at the, at the time, of almost every Joel Silver movie, which would start off with, like, a couple of hitmen showing up. Boom, boom. All right, you want to witness something, witness this. <laughs> and they shoot the guy, and then it cuts to Arnold Schwarzenegger walking through the forest, and eventually he's going to meet those guys. And so I thought, well, what happens if we hung out with them all night long? All, all, all night long, all day long, all right, after they killed the guy? What happens to the rest of their day? And so it was the idea of taking these, these chestnuts and putting them together. 
together and then actually having the characters kind of intertwine and it all kind of takes place in one one city and it's an environment that they all live in and the characters kind of know each other you don't know that for a while and it was just kind of like hanging out with them for those two days we would not have this current cinematic universe without the brilliance of Quentin Tarantino love him or hate him what he has really done is in a way he's almost like a sampler you know someone who samples the songs and hip hop and, and makes a new song what he's doing is he's taking all of these different elements from other films and other genres and mixing them together and so I always talk to people who don't like him and I say look what he's doing is not only relevant it is so intense And so we're going to come back. We're going to go to a a brief commercial. And uh, we're going to dive into Pulp Fiction. I remember watching this when I was 14. Someone whom I know, I won't give any names because this is not the hearings, uh, had a a little box. We will call it that. Those were bad to have. And that's how I got to watch Pulp Fiction when I was 14. And I remember seeing that very infamous scene with the hypodermic needle. Or not the hype. Was it that? No, it wasn't hyper. It was a needle. The adrenaline. The adrenaline shot. Stay tuned. Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Fucking coming up. There's also a male version. Don't be lonely. Dial now if you're alone.
Vincent's your name. I got yours, uh, Vincent. Right, but but I, I never got yours. My name's Pitt. And your ass ain't talking your way out of this shit. No, no, no. I just want you to know. I just want you to know how sorry we are that, that things got so fucked up with us and, and Mr. Wallace. It, 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 we, we got into this thing with the best intentions, really. I never... Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? I didn't mean to do that. Please, continue. You were saying something about best intention. What's the matter? Oh, you were finished. Oh, well, allow me to retort. Marcellus Wallace look like? What? What country you from? What? What? What ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English and what? What? English, motherfucker. Do you speak it? Yes. Then you know what I'm saying. Describe what Marcellus Wallace looked like. What? Say what again. Say what again. I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more I guess he got the message, huh? So, that is the infamous scene of Pulp Fiction. There are many infamous scenes. Pulp, that's the beauty of Tarantino. His movies are told in chapters. Okay? Vincent and Vega. Vincent Vega and Marcellus Wallace's wife. Hello. It's just like Kill Bill. It's just like Inglorious Bastards. That's how Tarantino rolls. Everyone has tried to do that scene. Everyone has tried to say motherfucker like Samuel L. Jackson. In fact, Jonah Hill came out and said that he said motherfucker more times than Samuel L. Jackson. And Samuel L. Jackson saw that as fighting words. Jonah Hill? No, I don't think so. Just because you were in the Wolf of Wall Street playing second fiddle. Leonardo DiCaprio's coke snorting, pussy eating craziness. You did not say more, more 
versions of fuck than Samuel L. Jackson. Just did it. You wish you did. You wish. I'm. Come on. I'm. I'm. Uh, shots are fired right there, and those shots were just fired. Okay. They don't make them like that. And in fact, this year Samuel L. Jackson is going to get an Oscar, an honorary Oscar. He was only. He's only been nominated once. Once for Pulp Fiction. Didn't win. He was not nominated for, you know, I really enjoyed him in, uh, what's that movie? Uh, oh yeah, The Hateful Eight. And you know why I like The Hateful Eight. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And it's also directed by Quentin Tarantino. Oh my goodness. When I saw this scene, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. It's the best scene, really, in the movie, you know? And the revelation. And, and Bruce Dern, Bruce Dern is this old, you know, um, what is it? Hillbilly, the Confederate soldier. Tells us something. Here we go. Oh, it's in another language. We can't do that one. Um, oh, oh, here it is. Perfect. Damn, it's in another language. Oh, see how things fuck up? Fuck up. Oh, the hateful eight. But don't worry. Don't cry. You'll get it in your eye. Because by the power invested by Netflix. Um, the first time I watched The Hateful Eight, though, <laughs> oh my god, a lot of shit going down, a lot of shit going down, some people didn't like it, I can see why, I can see why, but then when that scene came up, I mean, it's a bloody mess, it's a blood, oh, here we go. Judge your boy too harshly, General. You ain't never been cold as your boy was. 
would do for a blank. You want to know what your boy did? I pulled my big black pecker out of my pants. And I made him crawl through the snow on all fours over to it. Then I grabbed me a handful of that black hat to back his head. And I stuck my big black Johnson right down his goddamn throat. And it was full of blood, so it was warm. <laughs> oh, you bet your sweet ass it was warm. And Chester Charles Smithers sucked on that warm black fingers for long as he could. When I first saw that, I thought, okay, because Tarantino always takes it to another level. He takes it to another fucking level. And the the Hateful Eight, he took it to a level. And Samuel L. Jackson, that's the thing. He should have been nominated for that. He should have been nominated for Django. Oh, my God. I always find myself laughing throughout... I mean, Django and, but Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction is where it's at. It's where it's at. And, you know, I've saved the best cocksucking for last because sometimes that's what you got to do. Okay. But, because, you know, the infamous scene I can't really put in here because it's well, not a podcast, you know. It's all visuals. But we got this. Okay, now you let him go. Yolanda, I thought you were going to be cool. Now when you yell at me, it makes me nervous. And when I get nervous, I get scared. And when motherfuckers get scared, that's when motherfuckers accidentally get shot. No, you hurt him. You die. Well, that seems to be the situation. But I don't want that. And you don't want that. And Ringo here definitely doesn't want that. So let's see what we can do. Now, here's the situation. Normally, both your asses would be dead as fucking fried chicken. But you happen to pull this shit while I'm in a transitional period, and I don't want to kill you. 
can't give you this case because it don't belong to me. Besides, I've been through too much shit over this case this morning to just hand it over to your dumb ass. Vincent! Let's go! Yolanda! It's cool, baby! It's cool! We still just talking. Come on, point the gun at me! Point the gun at me! There you go. And Vincent, you just hang back. Don't do a goddamn thing. Tell me you're still cool. Still cool, honey bunny. How we doing, baby? saying that shit for years and if you heard it that meant your ass i never gave much thought to what it meant i just thought it was some cold-blooded shit to say to a motherfucker before i popped a cap in his ass i saw some shit this morning made me think twice see now i'm thinking maybe it means you're the evil man and i'm the righteous man and mr nine millimeter here Shepherd protecting my righteous ass in the valley of darkness. Or it could mean you're the righteous man and I'm the shepherd. And it's the world that's evil and selfish. Now I'd like that. But that shit ain't the truth. The truth is
know. Isn't that intense? And see, that is why. <laughs> Nothing against Martin Landau. I loved Ed Wood. He's hilarious as Bella Lugosi. That's why. The fact that he beat out Samuel L. Jackson. Even Samuel L. Jackson was like shit. And you can see it in the little window as they announced the winner. That's always a telltale right there. And here we are, almost 30 years later. Pulp Fiction. In fact, Forrest Gump beat out Pulp Fiction for a Best Picture at the Oscars. Isn't that some shit? That's why they got that Gump Fiction on Mad TV. That performance, and, and also that scene, that's an iconic scene. You've got Tim Roth, you've got Amanda Plummer, John Travolta, and Samuel motherfucking L. Jackson. Okay. And people would people look at some films from the 90s as a form of nostalgia. That film is still relevant, even probably much more today. The way it is shot, the way it's edited, the way the narrative, because it's all these different narratives mixed together. And at the heart of it is Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta's character. So, we've come to this moment of the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. This is where I wanted to mix it up. I thought, you know what, the show needs a remix. It just needs a new form of life. And only I can do it because this is my motherfucking show. Oh my god, this film. Yeah. This is an awesome film. John Travolta as Vincent Vega. Samuel L. Jackson as Jules Winfield. Uma Thurman as Mia Wallace. Harvey Keitel as Winston Wolf. Tim Roth as Ringo Pumpkin. Amanda Plummer as Yolanda Honey Bunny. Ding Rames as Mar- uh, Marcellus Wallace. Eric Stoltz as Lance. Rosanna Arquette as Jody. Oh, you've got to see it to believe it. Christopher Wallen. Remember? Zed's dead, baby. As Captain Coons. Bruce Willis as Butch Coolidge. Motherfuckers. Directed by Quentin Tarantino. Written by Quentin Tarantino. Story by Quentin Tarantino and Roger Avery. Released on October 14th. 1994. It made its premiere on May 21st, 1994 at Cannes, Cannes Film Festival. It's all about the language. The Royal with cheese. The Ezekiel and that and how he recites that and how he puts that into context. I know that Jason often on his show he talks about semantics and, and everything's connected and yeah. You look at that in Pulp Fiction and, and it fucks you over. And whenever I see some of that now, I think very highly of my former professor who he's in the afterlife somewhere. Knowing that I'm doing this show and smiling, thinking he's he's got it. When it comes to that dialogue, what Tarantino can do. I think he's got one more film in him. So who knows what's going to happen. Some would say that the current films are the best, but there's something captivating about Pulp Fiction. That scene right there.
hair. It's captivating. It holds your attention. And so, yeah, to my friend who I would suggest watch it on a Saturday night or a Friday night. Make a night of it. Some popcorn, no pizza, and maybe a big kahuna burger. Sometime this year, I don't know when the Academy is going to give Samuel L. Jackson his honorary Oscar. But I hope one day he gets that competitive Oscar. Because he's done so much for the word motherfucker. What I, I, I learned a lot from Samuel L. Jackson's story is he was a stutterer. And saying motherfucker helped his stuttering. And so that's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Giving love to Mr. Samuel L. Jackson and the whole cast and crew of Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, I mean, that was a, that was a year. You've got Pulp Fiction, you've got uh, the Shawshank Redemption, you've got Gump Fiction, I mean, Forrest Gump. You've got Quiz Show, you've got all these different films. Okay. And what happens? In February 1995, Pulp Fiction received seven Oscar nominations. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Travolta, Best Supporting Actor, Jackson, Best Supporting Actor, Thurman, Original Screenplay and Film Editing. Travolta and Jackson and Thurman were each nominated as well as the first. Okay. At the Academy Awards, Tarantino and Avery won as joint winners of the Best Original Screenplay. The fury around the film was still going strong. Much of the March issue of Autoform was devoted to its critical dissection. Yeah. Ooh. Pulp Fiction quickly became, came to be regarded as one of the most significant films of its era. In 1995, in a special edition of Siskel and Ebert devoted to Tarantino, Gene Siskel argued that the work posed a major challenge through the ossification of American films with their brutal formulas. He said that the violent intensity of Pulp Fiction calls to mind other violent watershed films that were considered classics in their time and still are. Hitchcock Psycho, Arthur Pence, Bonnie and Clyde, and Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange. Each film shook up a tired, bloated movie industry and used a word world of lively lowlifes to reflect how dull other movies had become and that I predict will be the ultimate honor for Pulp Fiction like all great films it criticizes all other movies that was that was a moment and so Dr. Zeus Film Podcast we add Pulp Fiction to the canon light it Enjoy it, and good night. Unpleasant dreams. Mm-hmm.